Another day and more grows in this Hunter Biden email saga. What we know is that Hunter Biden is a shady guy. All the drug addiction aside, Hunter Biden's a shady guy. And this deal he got from Ukraine was absolutely to get access to his father. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Now there's a conversation about whether or not This should be used by President Trump aggressively in tonight's debate. But in order to understand it, we have to, well, understand all of it and where the illegality, the potential illegality or the non-issues are. Andrew McCarthy joins us right now, senior fellow at National Review Institute and our contributing editor. The book Ball of Collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. And let me tell you, Andrew, when you think about the book that you wrote there, Ball of Collusion, and you realize that the FBI had this laptop in December of 2019 as impeachment was going and getting into a full swing, you got to wonder exactly how big that plot was did it bother you that this laptop of hunter biden's that the fbi already knew about that had these emails that are corroborated by other sources uh was in the fbi's um hands and no one knew about it tony it it raises um a lot of concerns but i was uh i was at the i was in the justice department uh between being a, a u.s deputy marshal when I was uh, a younger guy and then a prosecutor for 20 years. So I was there for about a quarter of a century and all. And my what I learned was you should never in a knee jerk way um, figure that there's a sinister plot. If incompetence could explain what happened. And uh, as a result, I think we really need to to sort of take a step back and wait until all of this sort of plays itself out and understand why, who got the information initially and uh, why they, why they didn't take it. As I understand, they didn't take it the first time it was offered to them. Um, What took so long, what the hesitation was. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, so we shouldn't lead to conclusions. I think what we can assume now is that, uh, there's an investigation it's and it's been going on for some period of time and if there are crimes uh if there's evidence of crimes on that laptop that one would think that uh, they're going to take action on it eventually now i i don't disagree with you sir i wholeheartedly agree with you i think what you're describing there's something called hanlon's razor uh never ascribed to malice what can be put to just stupidity uh and and, and I think that's very true. Uh, but within what we know about the laptop, within the emails that we've seen, and we saw the Wall Street Journal with their op-ed regarding, you could focus on Ukraine, but this whole thing with China is a big deal. You've got the article, New Twist in the Hunter Biden Saga. You have it at nationalview.com. A White House meeting for elite Chinese groups. Now, Layman, outsider looking in, says this looks a lot like selling access. You describe to us what happened here as you read these emails. Well, it looks like you had this elite group of uh, of Chinese. I don't want to call them officials because that's not the right word, but it's it's kind of an amalgam of uh, 
Chinese individuals who have connections to the Communist Party. Some of them are actually diplomats in the regime. Some of them are crony billionaires. Um, the people uh, who, who uh, are on these emails refer to it as China Inc., uh, because this is such an influential group. Uh, they're evidently trying to get meetings with the top level of the Obama administration, and I mean the very top level of the Obama administration. Uh, they're not able to do that until they uh, get in touch with Hunter Biden's associates. And then within a few days, uh, they're having a m meetings in the White House, including a meeting allegedly with uh, Vice President Biden. And this is kind of a snapshot of behavior that actually has a trajectory. And as, as we follow it through, uh, you know, some of the people who are connected, especially the financiers who are connected to this uh, group that was hosted at the White House in 2011, end up being uh, in Hunter Biden's uh, financial transactions with the Chinese, which are very lucrative beginning in 2013. So, you know, this is part of a pattern of what looks like selling access. And I think that rather than um, hand-wringing over what crimes might have been committed since we're like on the precipice of having an election, if I'm the Trump campaign, the issue here is like why has is not why hasn't the Justice Department or the FBI arrested anyone yet. The issue for the president is you have three countries involved, Russia, China and Ukraine. And they all have two things in common. And these seem to be the only two things they have in common that are that are relevant. One is Joe Biden was placed by the Obama administration in charge of American policy toward those countries. And the second is all those countries thought it was expedient to pay Hunter Biden billions of dollars once Joe Biden was running American foreign policy. That's the issue. Um, it's not a matter of like, where are the indictments? Where are the arrests? It's the kind of classic swampy self-dealing that got Trump elected in the first place. And he ought to be able to make that sing, I would think. What I think is interesting about your approach is that your argument is one uh, that is political, not legal. Talking to Andrew McCarthy, senior fellow at National Review Institute, National Review contributing editor, the book, A Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. One of your other pieces is that the Attorney General, William Barr, should not appoint a special counsel to investigate the Bidens. So is this about opposition to special counsel specifically or the idea of being opposed to an investigation at this time? No, I assume that uh, on your second point, Tony, I assume there is an investigation going on, which underscores why you don't need a special counsel. I mean, I, I'm against special counsels because I think it's a pernicious institution. So my knee jerk reaction is always that we shouldn't have a special counsel. But even if you're open to having them, by law, the only time you have them is when there's such a profound conflict of interest that the Justice Department can't ethically investigate something in the normal course. And that situation arises when, the when an administration is asked to investigate itself. You know, when the president is a suspect, there's a credible argument to be made that his own Justice Department can't be trusted to do an objective investigation of that. Okay, fine. 
But when it's the opposition party or it's somebody who doesn't have political affiliation at all, there's no reason to think the Justice Department can't investigate that without a special counsel. And that kind of thing goes on all the time. The president, unfortunately, has this knee jerk reaction about special counsels because and and he, he, he is justified in feeling this way. He feels like a special counsel got sicked on him for no basis and for, you know, with inadequate evidentiary predication uh, in order to advance a political narrative that he was in cahoots with the Russians. So he figures what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And if they went after me with a special counsel, why don't we go after them with a special counsel? But that's, you know, that's not how it works. So here we are. We have this information. We, we have uh, the, these emails. We were told immediately politically, this is uh, Russian misinformation. And then you have the FBI, the Department of Justice, and the Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe, saying this is not Russian uh, m- misinformation. One of the things that we're looking at, I know you've written about, is what Twitter is doing. And here's the New York Post putting out th- this well, this incredible story. They've got the data. They've got the emails. And Twitter saying, well, we can't fact check this. So we're not going to allow this uh, to happen. So here you have this story. Here you have three leading authorities, if we're still believers in leading authorities, telling us it's not Russian disinformation, even though Representative Adam Schiff immediately was saying it was Russian disinformation. Again, he's proven to be wrong. And you have Twitter not willing to share that information. This censorship conversation is coming to a head, whether with an election or not. Twitter's not sharing a, a, a story. Twitter's saying that they can't confirm it. What would give them confirmation as you see it? What appeases them, and should they even be appeased? Well, I don't think they should be appeased. I mean, the Twitter's obviously making a partisan move here, and they're trying to cover themselves with some kind of a... Uh, rationalization for doing it that people will accept. So, you know, they start to pine about Russian disinformation, just like the Democrats do. Russian disinformation, by the way, has become something like, you know, uh, Laurel and Hardy or Lewis and Clark. You know, you hear Russia, so you have to say disinformation. You know, um, I, I, I would point out to people, aside from the fact that there isn't any evidence that this is Russian disinformation, not everything we get from Russia, including the Russian regime that means us harm, is disinformation. Sometimes they give us true information because true information is embarrassing for us to deal with. So just because something is sourced to Russia doesn't mean necessarily that it's disinformation. And in fact, most of the time when we get Russian disinformation, if it's effective, it's because it's a bunch of true information that they thread a few false things in, and you have to figure out the, the, uh, the true from the false. So the fact that something is sourced to Russia doesn't mean it's disinformation. Remember the 2016 DNC hacked emails. They were a problem not because they were Russian disinformation, but because they were true information that embarrassed Democrats. So just because something comes from Russia doesn't mean it's it's false or fabricated. And in this instance, the easiest way to conclude that something's not false or fabricated is the fact that the thing itself, which are these emails and photos and videos, um, look like they are what they are purported to be in that the emails make contextual sense with 
everything that's been reported about Hunter Biden's business. And obviously the photos and videos look like they're his photos and videos, and there's thousands of them. So it, it certainly looks like it's Hunter Biden's computer. Um, and then you have the added fact that uh, no one in the Biden camp is disputing the authenticity of it. You know, they want to say hacking or Russian disinformation in the hope that that will dissuade people from looking at the actual stuff. But they're not out there saying that this stuff is fabricated or it's not true. And now there's mounting evidence that it actually is Hunter Biden's stuff, which shouldn't surprise uh, anyone. But this is all partisan politics on the part of the social media platforms, particularly Twitter. And I think ultimately they're not going to be able to defend themselves and their interests in Congress when Congress takes a look at the at the legislation here. I mean, you know, look, if you want to be a social media platform that just transmits information and doesn't politicize, then you should get immunity. But if you're going to politicize, if you're going to shape political messaging, then you're a publisher and you have to have publisher liability. And I don't think their business model is going to tolerate that. very. I wish they would pay attention to that, but they never, ever do. Andrew McCarthy, senior fellow at National Review Institute. The book, Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. I appreciate taking the time. What are they saying about Rudy Giuliani? I've got that story. You won't believe it. This is Tony Katz today.